Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. Um, I am Cash Miller, your host today. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital, and we've got another great episode. I've got Britt Schwartz, BS and Co. with me. We're gonna be talking about how to put together the foundations of a marketing plan. Britt, it's great to have you. You know, take a moment, introduce yourself. Hi, Cash. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm so excited to be here and talk about one of my favorite topics, which is marketing. Um, as you've mentioned, I am the founder and owner of BS & Co Consulting. We're headquartered over here in Knoxville, which practically makes us neighbors here at Cash. Um, we are a small uh, B2B consultancy and, well, full service as B2B needs to be a marketing firm. Another fun fact about me, I am the mom of six little ones. Um, some of them aren't so little anymore. Um, and yes, I always love to throw that fun fact out. So you're busy during the day. That's what that's what you're really saying. I am busy all the time. Yes. Yeah. You go home, you're busy. You go to work, you're busy. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah that'll, that'll keep you on your toes, especially six little ones or not so little. They do. Um, yeah, do. Okay, so yes, today we're going to be talking about you know how to put together the foundations of a marketing plan, and we've yeah. got a number of like things we're going to cover through that. But we wanted to get into this you know, like today's topic because so many businesses, you know, they get into marketing and they don't really know like what's involved. You know, marketing in some cases is really you know it's considered the evil thing that you have to do for business no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So. And a lot of people, they don't know where to start when it comes to tackling it. So that's why, you know, Britt here is an expert in putting together marketing plans for people. So what we want to do, you know, um, I'm going to start with this first question, you know, to get us like rolling along. You know, um, the thing is, so if we're talking marketing plans before you've ever put anything together, there's going to be some considerations that you've got to mm -hmm. take into account. So what kind of things, you know, I'm a new business owner or even a, a experienced one, but I haven't really done any marketing. Where yeah. do I need to begin? What do I got to consider before I even, you know, put pen to paper essentially, or, you know, start typing on the keyboard? Yeah, absolutely. Cash, I love what you said um, to our business owners or business leaders who are really evaluating what they should be doing, right? Um, when you said that marketing is the evil thing that we have to do because we're supposed to do it to grow our business. That belief is actually my passion for why I do what I do and actually why I wrote down the answer I wrote, which is marketing without business is just crayons. Right. So the, the idea of that and it's funny to say and it's not meant to diminish us marketers and the hard work that we put in it. But if you're simply doing marketing tactics because you read it on a blog somewhere or you heard someone on a podcast say, hey, here are the five things that you should be doing, you're really missing the opportunity that marketing has. For your business. And that means that for me, when I sit down and I'm thinking about those key considerations for building a marketing plan, when I'm meeting with the CEO or the business owner, we're starting at what is your business? And it kind of takes people off guard a little bit because they're like, no, 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 no. Tell me about if I should be on LinkedIn or if how many blogs I should write a month. And the answer to all of that starts with what are you trying to do? 
What is your business model? Who are you talking to? Who's going to buy what you're selling? Why are they going to care? And marketers who can sit down and say, help me understand your pricing model. Help me understand how long it takes to close deals. Help me understand how much you want to grow. For example, let's say you tell me that you want to increase leads by 300% in 12 months. Awesome. We could probably do that by throwing some money at ads. But can you service them? Are you ready to take to take that in and provide it? So for me, when I'm sitting down to establish the foundations of a marketing plan, it really comes back to what is it that we're trying to accomplish as a business before we even discuss what marketing is supposed to be doing. Yeah, I like what you said there because uh, I've dealt with a lot of people where you know they want more lead generation or something. Yes, and you're saying that you know, okay, I can get you this. But what are you going to do with it afterwards? Because I've run into plenty of situations where it's, okay, great. I can get you more leads. You know, yes, you're willing to pay for it and everything. But when that lead comes in or whatever it is that's like you're going to be increasing your business, do you know how to handle it? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of businesses fail because or they're not tracking. They don't know, for one, on the marketing side, how much extra it's added, but they don't know how to deal with it. They suddenly an influx of leads or phone calls or whatever. They don't they haven't even figured out who's going to take a call, you know, let alone, you know, to really transition it into new business because they're used to handling like a volume. And you have to understand. Yeah, you have to understand that there's other parts to this just because. I can bring you more leads as a marketer or your marketing team can or what, what's, what do you do after that happens? So I I love that. How do you um, go about it with a, a, uh, somebody you're working with to really kind of explain that to them, you know, to look beyond what we're, you know, the marketing aspect and the, and go into the operations a little bit. How do you explain that with clients? So one of the very first conversations that we have is that it's our goal for marketing to become a profit center, not a line item, right? I don't, on your PL, I want this to be, we spend X, we received triple, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that, that multiplier is. And so usually with business owners, that's a real easy conversation because I'm saying, Hey, this is a function of your business. This is not the thing you're supposed to do. And then we ask those questions, just like you were saying, okay, so let's look at this. Let's understand the bigger picture. I'm able to successfully get the phones to start ringing more. Who's answering them? Where is this information going? Is our sales team ready to start using this CRM that we decided we're going to start using? Because especially in the industries that we work in, which are B2B, we are by nature not doing mass marketing. There are only so many people that are going to want to buy your widget or Mm -hmm. your rubber isolator, right? So getting them to us is a uphill battle. We Let's say we get them there. Once you have them, you have one chance to make that impression, right? Answer that phone call on time, follow up quick enough. So service matters everywhere in every industry, but especially in niche B2B, making sure that we have the appropriate infrastructure in place to support not just the generation of marketing, but what happens when marketing works. And usually the companies that we work with, it's not something that anyone has considered yet, right? They're just looking at how do we forecast how, how much money is marketing going to bring in, which is 
by the way, a wonderful question, Mm -hmm. but ensuring that you see marketing as the same you would as sales or operations or service that there it's, it's an integrated part of your business. It can't just stand alone where you turn it on or off whenever your cash flow dictates that you should. Yeah. I, to that point, like I say, whenever someone is the downturn of an economy, the first thing they always think is cut your marketing. Yeah. Cause, cause they, don't know necessarily how to quantify what they're spending with the return. They can't put the two together and they're not prepared to do it. But if you are, so as part of the foundation of any marketing plan, look beyond the marketing piece. Yeah. And you have to look at what does your operation look like if you, you know, the plan is one piece of that puzzle. So you almost need to be planning for what the change, if it works, what else has to happen and right. you know, to make sure it, you know, you get the result you want and you don't just drop the ball because yeah. you spend a bunch of money and you, know, you fail well, internally. Then, you know, it, ab- absolutely. And it might seem silly at the very beginning to spend the time talking about the rain that hasn't come, right? It feels a little bit like popping open that umbrella. Mm. Well, yeah. gee, Britt, the leads aren't here yet. I, I get that, but I'd rather solve this problem when it's dry than to be having lead flow. And, you know, in my experience, I've worked with companies who have done zero investing in marketing and three years later, it's one of the, one of the massive revenue producers. So it happens, right? It might take some time, but, uh, popping that umbrella up and making sure that you're ready is one of the most important things that I think it's often overlooked when you're sitting down and looking at your marketing. Yeah, there's, in fact, there's a lot of companies that when they first got off the ground and such, um, they were able to spread things word of mouth and whatnot. And they didn't realize, you know, until they got into marketing, the impact that it can have on their business. And like I say, they need, but you need total preparation, especially if you're a larger organization. Yeah. And you're going to have, you know, the, uh, any kind of a substantial budget, you know, to it, if it, works and you get the payoff, like I say, you have to make sure you're prepared on the other end. And like you mentioned, you know, it's better to do it when they're not coming in. The very least you need to have the plan in place because you're going to know, need to know what elements are you going to have to, it could be more hiring. It could be, you know, I say a more robust CRM, whatever it might be. You might need software and that might need people. Um, But if you don't, aren't prepared for what you might need, then you're scrambling when you do need Absolutely. And and keeping in mind that marketing, again, as a business function, isn't simply a bunch of tactics that's meant to bring people in. It's the start of that relationship that you are beginning with a person or another entity and, you know, inviting them in and then having nothing on the other side does not work. Okay. So, so now as part of those, you know, foundational pieces, okay, we know we got to look beyond the plan. So, now, okay, if we're going to talk about targeting and stuff, if we're going to talk about like the elements within the plan, market you know, analysis, you know, doing the research, what is, you know, yeah. like I say, this will apply to even small companies, you know, depending on what mm-hmm. you're going after, you know, you have to educate yourself. So, absolutely. So, what does that look like, you know, for businesses? Like I say, it applies to large and small. 
It does. And it applies everywhere on the spectrum of where you're at. So let's say you're a tech startup and you're you're funded, right? And you have an idea and you have a concept. So when you're going into the market, you're going to leverage marketing to actually inform your business plan, right? So we're almost going to flip this on reverse. So we're in the beginning, we're saying, hey, if you're an established business, look back, what is what are you doing in your business? If you're a um, funded startup, leveraging marketing, the research that's coming from use cases, from search data, um, the amount of data that marketers have today is almost overwhelming. Leveraging that um, can actually help inform where you put your product, which um, is very fun. It's not my area of expertise. I usually come in once we're a little bit more established, but I have had the opportunity to be a part of some teams where marketing was really leading product development, which mm. was very, very cool to see. So if if that's you, you know, think about your marketing and the data almost kind of strip marketing away and think about the data that marketing has access to and how that can help inform the opportunities in the marketplace um, where your new product or service um, would fit. Now, if you're, let's say you're not a tech startup, but you're a small to medium sized business who's founder operated and you're at, you're at the very beginning of this whole marketing thing, but you've been operating, uh, maybe you're the second generation to take this over. And to your point, you've been operating well on word of mouth and regional sales, but you know that in order to continue to pass this on to the next generation, things are going to have to start shifting because competitors are coming in, market has shifted. I think that the very best place for someone like that to get research data is actually your customer database. So going in and looking in and saying, who has historically purchased from me? Why were they purchasing from me? How long did they stay? What were their needs? Going in and understanding what has worked. And that doesn't mean that you have to limit yourself to this, right? You need to go out and you need to see what else is out there. You're investing in marketing because you want to expand. But uh, not missing that you have your own data, hopefully somewhere easy to grab in a CRM or um, an ERP uh, place, but really looking there. And then if you're a larger enterprise, um, which I've had the opportunity to start working in in the last few years, our market research and analysis um, it really depends on what we're doing and what we're selling. So at times the data can be a bit too broad to really be applicable to us. You're sort, you're looking at more industry um, industry trends um, rather than individual users and what's going on. So I think when I was looking at this question and really thinking, what role does it play? I mean, it really is specific to where you are in your um, path of of growth or making these determinations. Yeah, the, um, you know, market, re you know, you have to understand, I like what you said, um, you know, when you're doing your marketing, sometimes it leads to the product development, you know, not the other way around. It's not create the product and then figure out how to market it. It's see what the market right. wants and then create the product. Um, an interesting um, kind of pivot that a company made is Slack. Yeah. Did, mm. did you uh, know, I don't know if you did, um, well, like Slack originally wasn't, you know, a communication tool. It was a game developer. Uh, yeah. And yep. yeah. And so they, but what they saw was, you know, as they were, 
the games were doing okay, but everybody was really interested in this communication tool that they'd actually just created as an internal tool. You know, it wasn't right. it wasn't meant for you know everybody else to use, and they were like, "Well, this game thing's like eh, it's not really turning out great." And they had like leftover; they had been funded and stuff for the game side, and they said, "We need to make this pivot." Well, they listened to the people that they would ha- were dealing with that wanted this internal tool, wanted to be able to use yeah. it, and they were initially like, "Okay, well, here we'll set you up." And they realized that was actually their business model, and so it led to their right. product development and a total pivot for you know their company. They had like I think it was like five million bucks left or something. They're like, okay, what do we do with right. this? We can give it back, or we can take one you know last shot at this, but we'll have to do something different. And they did, and of course, it panned out you know pretty well. So. <laughs> Yeah. But to your point, right, if you think about what traditional market analysis looks like, you've hired a firm to gather industry reports and hand you an 88 page document of a summarization of what's happening in the market. Um, they would not that would not have been in their audience research that the yeah. the need that was identified would not have been found there. Um, now, there are there's lots of value in those 88 page reports. Um depending on what you're looking to do. But thinking about market research and analysis, my best advice is to be more creative and open than necessarily just gathering data from disparate places and saying, well, this is what it says. Mm -hmm. Really look at what's happening. And to your point, the innovation and what your audience and um, customers are looking for, they're telling you. You just got to find it. Yeah, it's like, let's say, if you take the time to actually talk to your customers, don't rely. You know, a lot of smaller companies, too, you know, they're not going to have necessarily the resources to even get that kind of a report. But they can always talk to their, you know, their customers and see, you know, what is it they like about the products? What do they not like and such? And also, you can find that there's individual things they might be doing with the product that you're providing, but that you didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. so, uh, Compensatory behavior. Yep. Yeah. Some of the best examples um, like are usually like in food. I didn't know it was being used this way, but they did. You know, you use a different ingredient or something like that, that the company that produced it never would have considered, you know, and then they say, yeah. well, you know, now you're doing it this way. And then they create a whole product line. That's probably why we have like, you know, 20 different the, flavors of uh, Oreo now. I had absolute honor of working with a consultancy team who that is what they did. They leveraged AI to understand compensatory behavior on Mm. how consumers were using products that were either differently than the way that they were intended and designed, or they were using them to solve a problem. And so I know that it feels to me like I'm a little far off on the whole audience and research thing, but the conversation to to your point, isn't about how to get that 88 page deck, right? right. That convert the conversation as a marketing leader or a business owner is okay, first, what's my business? What am I trying to accomplish? Two, who am I trying to accomplish it for? Mm. Do they want what I have? And how do I do this? So there's like, there's a, a very simplistic logic behind all of it that, um, you know, it's a little simple, won't make a very pretty downloadable deck for us marketers, but the most effective marketing comes from answering some pretty basic questions. Yeah, so is the the next piece of building that foundation is, you know, you want to do the market research because if you're already selling something, we're, you know, we're not talking about companies necessarily starting from yeah. scratch, you know, you have you know, you're selling a product or a service, you know, and it's a matter of how do I enhance this? You know, what, and even from a, 
a marketing standpoint, you know, being able to highlight, you know, we talk features and benefits and things like that. Ask your right. client, you know, your customer, what is it they, why are they even buying it to begin with? You know, yep. you're going to find some of your best you know, marketing material there. You know, 100%. Because, yeah, because you could speak to that. Okay, so now yeah. if we're trying to put together, you know, um, our target audience, okay, so we understand, listen to the people we're already, you know, targeting, but how do we put together the audience, especially if maybe we're really narrow, you know, in who we're currently dealing with, and we're trying to broaden that, you know, we're, we're talking to yeah. them, so we have some things that we could work off of that maybe broaden the product, you know, itself, but what do we do to put together the target audience? Yes. I have to tell you that I never pass up an opportunity to state how much I hate buyer personas, which is um, <laughs> one of, those, <laughs> one of yeah. those unpopular opinions. But I think that this is an important distinction because there's a true distinction between something like a buyer persona or a target audience. And if I think about you know, our listener or our friend here who's listening and saying, okay, I, I got those two things. Now, you know, now I need to sit down and this blog told me I need to make a buyer persona and, you know, I need to find a picture and I need to decide mm -hmm. what kind of coffee they drink and what time. No, you don't, you don't need to do any of that. That yeah. is, um, it's a, it was an exercise designed to humanize that target audience that we are talking about, right? To help us marketers yeah. and our creative brains remember that there's a human on the other side of this. But the backlash of that is that when you're too narrow with your target audience and or your buyer persona, you forget that they're human. You're marketing too narrow to a a, a rudimentary uh, concept that you made up one afternoon because the task said buyer personas were done. So you're like, ah, I think they prefer folders, right? So one, when you're thinking about your target audience, um, really understand that you are truly marketing to individuals and you're taking this group of individuals who will have overlapping needs. And one of my favorite tools to use, and I'm not an expert, so don't ask me too many questions because I'm just <laughs> exploring it myself, is the concept of jobs to be done. So instead of using demographic, firmographic um, concepts and say, you know, this engineer at Boeing um, who's 27 and likes to go to craft breweries after dinner, um, I'm marketing to him. Really, <laughs> I'm marketing the outcome that he's looking for, yeah. right? And he's actually, he's looking for um, a machine shop that can meet his really tight tolerances on this shield that he's trying to do. So shifting from person to outcome feels mm. um, feels like we're missing something Some sometimes, especially if you're a marketer who truly believes that we have to drive emotional connection in order to sell, it can feel like we're like uh, dehumanizing it. But when factoring your target audience, for me, it's really leaving behind some of the um, high level things that we use that make us feel like we're doing something human and actually dive into what are the jobs to be done? And then who are the people doing those jobs? And yeah. there's your target audience. Yeah, it's it definitely keeps you so you're not making it really too narrow. I agree with you on buyer personas. I think we go overboard on trying yeah. to define this specific person. And like we run a lot of programmatic advertising, you have to put in certain things yeah. for parameters and stuff. And it's it's understandable. But you know, um, 
I'm a, I'm an avid, you know, like business book reader, but I, it's not all management books. Mostly I read biographies and stuff now. And I read a lot on Starbucks. And if you'd have told, you know, Howard Schultz that you need a buyer persona, no, when he started, you know, like took over Starbucks since he didn't actually start that, but he said, we're going to you know, open coffee shops. And everybody's like, nobody's going to want to go buy espresso and everything. And it's like, they need to be introduced it. If he'd have gone with buyer personas, he wouldn't have sold any coffee, you know? <laughs> he had to create uh, a category. So. For uh, you know, right align would be Steve Jobs, right? Like the, you know, our golden idol for those of us yeah, sure. marketers, right? You know, he says often, um, or he said often that he wasn't, if he, he never asked people what they wanted because I yeah. promise you, no one would have said I wanted a phone without buttons. No one would have said I wanted a thin computer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ask, you know, yes, asking, as we said before, looking at how your products being used by your current customers is a really great way of understanding where the value is today, but yeah. understanding who and what is much more broad than that. And, um, the individualism of marketing is something that can be very easily lost. You know, I love the transition we made in the last 10 to 15 years to really be human in our language, to whenever someone lands on our website, they're supposed to see themselves there. But when everyone is so uniquely different, how is it that we're actually going to accomplish that? And for me, the way that we do that is we look at, again, the overlaps. Where are there overlaps where, um, Cash, you and I demographically and firmographically, we don't match, right? right. Like yeah, sure. there's, there's, there's very little that would overlap for us. But what does overlap would unite us in some of our decision making if we were purchasing software for our agencies. So mm -hmm. um, really doing that. And, and I just want to say there's so many wonderful resources already out there about what specific factors and where you're using your target audience. So for example, you mentioned programmatic ads or any sort of paid advertising where yeah. you're building lookalike audiences. You're going to need those. Those are, those are required and, and those are great. But when you're looking at a marketing plan, um, I would advise against um, wasting time on building overly descriptive um, buyer personas or even target audiences based on demographics. Really focus on what you're solving and then find yourself curious about who's solving those jobs, right? GA4 just came out and the mm -hmm. user data that's coming out is just phenomenal, unlike we've ever seen before. Solve the job and then study who you're solving for. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and then you're kind of continuing that cycle of what's next in our product development. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, they say, so it's don't, you know, you can drill down some, but don't overdo it when you're trying to figure out who you're marketing to, because, you know, you'll go overboard and what'll happen is, is you're going to miss a huge segment of the market that you didn't realize would be willing yeah. to buy your product or your service and such from you, but you went too far yeah. with it. You know, and exactly. if you do that, yep. yeah, if you do that, then, you know, say you're going to be missing out. So, um, target audiences matter, but keep them, you know, broader. Don't, you know, especially when it comes to demographics and such, because a lot of the times I think, you know, especially with society in general, we're pretty mixed up now. You know, it's really yeah. hard to define. And if you drill down, yeah. you know, if you're a local marketer or like you have a business that's local and such in nature, you and you try to drill down too much, you are you're going to make um, it's kind of like, a you know, with like Facebook ads and stuff like that. When you overdo it, 
instead of having 10,000 people or whatever as a target audience, you can drill down so much that you have no target audience. Essentially, you know, you can't even, you know, spend your budget because you've gone too far with it. And using that scalpel, and it's not always obvious, but when, when you're being so precise in that definition, to your point, you could be inadvertently missing an entire market. Like I'll just use myself, for example, on um, one side of my life, I'm a, a cybersecurity, high tech uh, business analyst and marketer. On the other side, I'm a mom of six kids and those yeah. two don't seem to cross over, right? So uh, being very careful about how you would categorize someone like me, I, I would buy um, the that expensive software to help my agency, that AI software. Yep, that sounds great. But if you're if you really dig too deep, mm. I will be excluded simply because of how I might appear um, with my gaggle of kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's actually a really good example of like what we do at work can be way different than in our personal lives. And sometimes yes. the two don't look like they would really jive together, yet that is still who you are. And that's never going to be identified in a buyer persona necessarily. 100%. Yes. I promise you there is no one's buyer persona that looks just like, that looks just hmm. like me. And I could be, you know, I could be many people's buyer personas depending on, on what area in my life that I'm in. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's talk when you're putting your plan together, what are the essential yeah. elements though, that you need of your plan? Um, and how are they going to be able to work together? I love this question. And I actually have two paths to answer it, right? Because almost none of this applies wholeheartedly to, to everyone. So if you're a marketer, right? So let's say you're an in-house marketer or, um, you're just sitting down or you're doing your marketing yourself. You're a business leader who's like, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at this myself. There are some pretty simple things you need to answer and the elements of your marketing plan as you're laying them out. The who, the what, the where, the when, and the why. Mm -hmm. And if you can answer those two, those, how does there five of them? If you can answer those things and you can answer them succinctly and they all align, right? Well, why am I doing this? Because the who has this need and the what is what I'm selling and the where are the channels they are. And the when is tomorrow because I need revenue, right? Yeah. You can answer those things. And even if you lay your present, your presentation or your, your, thought bubble out like that, this is really where you get into the most powerful of marketing because you're leaving behind any of the nomenclature or the fluff or the things that we think we have to have. Answer these questions and you'll be able to very quickly, one, identify if you're missing something, right? So for example, if I'm the who, um, targeting uh, Hulu ads at 10 o'clock at night it's a good idea. Yep. Hmm. That's a great idea. Um, but billboards on, uh, I 75 in Knoxville probably wouldn't be right. So yeah. again, if you answer those questions, they really help self-select and validate each one. And, and if you're not a marketer, those are some pretty simple questions to sit down, right? It's a little bit harder to say, Hey, cash, who's your target audience? And are you doing demand gen or lead gen or, um, <laughs> what's your latest take on GA four? Those are very overwhelming and yeah. quite frankly, unnecessary thoughts when you're really sitting down to actually build the extension of your business plan, which is your marketing plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I like that, the five W's, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. If, and you go through them each one by one to really like see 
yeah, I mean, it's a kind of an analysis of your own business and, you know, and yeah. your products and whatnot. And that's what you need to do, you know, because it doesn't even make sense. I've seen like dealt with some businesses in the past that if you go through all of those questions, I can't even market that business. You know, it's like really weird, but there are other ways you have to do it. You know, some people, because I've seen where some people think marketing is like this magic pill, right? If you take it, everything is going to come your way. It's going to work out great. And they've never bothered to go through, you know, their own question, you know, the, those kinds of questions and ask them of their business to even see if marketing is the right thing. Cause at some time there's in some cases, marketing is not the right, you're going to do some sort of sales related activity. Yes. But to think that you can put, you know, something up on a billboard or digital advertising or whatever, and get a return on that, it's not always going to be the case, but if you didn't ask the questions, you're not going right. to know that that's the answer. Right. And, you know, to your point, Obviously, this is the highest level, right? You know, when I sat down and was thinking about this conversation with you, I wanted to take a different approach than what many, many, many people far smarter than I have already spoken about or yeah. created a lot of content, right? But if you take each of those five things, the who could be your target audience. It could be your buyer personas. If you, mm -hmm. after this, still choose that buyer personas are everything that you're interested yeah. in. The what, right? Your product, your services. There's all of those buckets that marketing becomes simplified and the tactics become simplified. So when you get to the what, right, when you answer all those questions, well, the what is needs to be informed by all of those other things. And, you know, I always like to think in columns and then you go pull your tactics and your strategies mm -hmm. out. And it's a really um, solid way to sit down and, and again, make marketing your extension. But there was this other way that I think about it too, because I, I get to have this opportunity as many agency, um, agency people do is we are both sitting in the role of a, of a marketer, right? I yeah. have to make a marketing plan that makes sense to me. Sure. And as God is my witness, those five questions are the ones that I answer when I'm building plans for, um, we work with a billion dollar company and I still pulled those five very simple questions out and we identified that there were some gaps, there were some holes. And so they, they work. But then what if you're a marketer or um, an agency account, accountant who, um, or account manager, there we go, who needs to convince someone else of this plan, right? So yeah. there's one thing that to have a solid plan, myself, Cash, you and I could do the five W's and we could go off to the races, right? Because mm -hmm. we inherently understand the value of all of those things. But what yeah. if you have to communicate this to someone else? So the way that I actually build all of the presentations that I give, um, whether they're to new proposals or companies that I currently work with and we're redoing a new plan, is I answer um, four or five questions, five if they don't know who I am. The first one is, what should we do? Okay. Hey, what should we do? And if you think back, these are very similar to the five W's, right? But what is it that we should be doing? Well, we should be doing these seven things because they're going to help us reach our goals. Well, when do we do it? Well, we, there's Pareto. Um, I've never met a company that's had an unlimited marketing budget that tells me to spend <laughs> until I can't spend anymore. Yeah, right. I always, I always need to prioritize. I always need to determine what should we do first that will set us up for here. What's going to be the closest thing to get us revenue? What's going to be the most fiscally um, responsible? Um, my other favorite question is like, but wait, will this actually work? Like, does this work? This black back black box magic that mm. everyone's talking about with yeah. marketing? Well. 
that's when you have an opportunity to show your, you, your case studies and yep, this, this works. Um, this question was one I recently added, but what is it that you need from me? So I'm a CEO of a multi-division company. Um, I'm a VP in one of those companies, or I'm a founder of a mid-sized company and I'm wearing every hat. I could be doing accounting in the morning and sweeping the floor in the afternoon. What is it that you're going to need from me in this marketing? So really spelling out, like, I'm going to need you an hour and a half a week to review content and I'm going to need you to make decisions and I'm going to need you to be honest and then last, if this is someone I don't know, um, and who are you again? Why should I trust you? And this gives us an opportunity yeah. to say, hey, this is my background. This is my experience. And that experience really informed what we put together here. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you're, as a business owner or whoever, you know, is thinking of like bringing you on or somebody else, it's you go yeah. through this process because it's, I say it. Marketing isn't a magic pill. You need specific things. And so if it's like, what do you need me to do? I love that question because you're getting them to think about, okay, well, if we did bring you on, what what are my expectations? Because you get the question, especially in marketing, you know, agencies often get it of, you know, they, you've got the client paying the bill and eventually they can say, what are you actually doing for me? You know, because yeah. it's a service and stuff. And so you have to explain, okay, well, we went through and these are the services that made sense for you. But this is what we actually have to do for you to make it successful. Yeah. And yeah. and a lot of business owners, I think, you know, they want to like go out, they bring somebody in to do the job. They, you know, you hire internally, you hire an agency or something, but they're not really paying attention to what is involved. You know, um, like, you know, if we hire somebody for a certain position within, it's a specific marketing role. We still need to, we need to understand what their role is, you know, and how they're going to go about doing their job. And business owners, when they're asking all these questions, that's one of the ones that they need to be, you know, asking. They need to understand it. You know, and I think too many of them, they really don't, you know, and that's part of the well, foundation. And they, and they don't know because they don't know, right? Yeah. Because what they should be asking is what is the outcome I'm going to get mm -hmm. from all this activity? And a lot of today's conversation, and quite frankly, a lot of the conversations that I have around marketing are far less tactical and are far less, here's the seven ways to build this. While those are incredibly helpful, again, there are so many incredible resources that, that have done a great job of that. But I, my passion is working with business owners and business leaders to think beyond the bucket of tactics that, all right, I paid you X and you did Y, but I don't under, I don't actually know what I was getting. Yeah. So continuing to, to answer questions and to pull the conversation of marketing up out of the tactics and even sometimes out of the strategy into the overall, what it is we're doing and the outcomes that we're trying to provide and simplifying it for businesses, because again, it, it, it isn't complicated. There is not a black box. Nobody has the ticket to make Google do what they want. There's yeah. not some special formula that you can put in um, Google ads that's going to drive your conversions. It just, it doesn't exist. We're all out here experimenting with our, ex our experience and mm -hmm. the knowledge that we have. No one has the secret. And if they tell you, they're lying to you. Yeah. It's, there's just like, there's, I don't know. Marketing is one of those things. The game changes, you know, constantly because of new technology and whatnot. And no one is really going to say, I can do it all. 
you know, I have the answer to everything. And if they do, that's probably not the person you want to work with because I was going to say cash. There are people who say that 100%. There are people who say that, but without a doubt, the, the reality of that is very different than, um, again, there's no black box. There's no secret code that we get, um, which is why it's so important that when we, when either I'm hired as an in-house marketer or I'm coming as an in-house outsource marketer, that we're working with your business because there isn't a magic wand that we're going to wave. That's going to make all this work. It truly is that personalized and needs to be. Okay. So, um, I guess like, you know, cause we, it's, we're towards the end here and want to be able to wrap up our conversation. Yeah. What would be the words of advice, you know, if you're putting, so what would be your final thoughts of putting together mm-hmm. you know, a marketing plan you know, to kind of put a bow tie on everything? Yeah. Um, I think it sounds a little bit like what we were just discussing where when you sit down to build a marketing plan, first start and say, what is it that I'm trying to, what is my business trying to achieve? answer that question. Then when you get that, then you go, okay, well, and who's it for? Who's this worked for? Why does it matter? Why do they care? And then how am I going to reach them? And really sitting down and it's going to feel silly. You're going to feel like you're missing something. Um, You're going to have eight eBooks open. That's going to tell you everything different, but coming back to the basics as that foundation is going to set everything else that you do up for success. So now you answered the question, who, what, where, why, when now the, what let's start experimenting. Let's start going out and doing some programmatic ads. Let's see um, what else we can be doing. But the, the best advice, the thing that has been the most successful for my company and the companies that I work with has been, Um, sort of drop the fluff for just a minute, look at what we're trying to do, answer the simple questions, and then get creative from there. Take that who, what, why, when, where, and explode it. Be creative, innovate, test, um, do all of those things, but always start from a foundation of simplicity. Yeah. If you, by using those, the five W's there, that really gives you, you build the foundation before you even know Everything else is tactics and stuff. You know, you don't yeah, know exactly. whether it's, yeah, you, programmatic or social media, the different types of platforms you could be on. None of that actually matters until you get those questions, you know, answered because then you're going to have a better idea of which ones are going to work for you, which ones are yep. not. So, you know, that plat, the, uh, let's say you got to have the foundation before you can do anything else. Okay. So. Yeah. So if people want to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? Well, they could visit us at bscomarketing.com or you can email me at Britt, B-R-I-T-T, at bscmarketing.co. Still haven't figured out that domain situation, but that's not my area of expertise. (laughs) I, I will say you you have to, you mentioned the tagline that you have earlier. You have to say it. Yes. Um, I am very proud to uh, be the owner of the agency that promises no bureaucracy and no bullshit. (laughs) And you will see that on our website if you go. So I think that's it. Um, I'm your host, Cash Miller, CEO of Titan Digital, Britt Schwartz. BS and Co has been with me today. It's been a great episode and thank you for tuning in.